lots of scripture this morning. No surprise there, but it'll be short. So some of them I'll just read to you. First John, way back. Oh, you're almost touching Revelation when you get to First John. Chapter four. I have us turn here. It's on the screen. You could read it. But I have us turn here so that if you have a written, a, uh, a printed Bible, that you would mark this, that you would, that sometimes when you're going through your word, you would mark this. Uh, there's those that have highlighted all the healing scriptures and they just flip through their pages. And when that highlight comes up in that color or that uh, marking or whatever, then they, they read that. And it's good to know your Bible. It's good to know where the word is. Amen. So let's read it together. Verse four of chapter four. First John. Ready, read. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We need to make that premier and paramount in our life. I've overcome. I've already won every fight. If you don't, if you don't drop the ball at the goal line, before you cross the goal line, you will win the prize. <laughs> and I thought that was very appropriate yesterday to, to say that about this scripture because so many people start good and run good, but then life, the world, the curse, the devil, whatever, whatever sneaks up on them, kinfolks, religion, failure, bad feelings, a disease, maybe a money problem causes them to reconsider that they've won. Causes them to reconsider that we've won. You know that the old saying says, don't, you may give up the battle, but you'll always win the war. Well, that's, that's true here. So don't drop the ball on the one, year, one yard line. <laughs> Wasn't it sad if you watched that game to see someone that was so... So dead dog proud of himself. I mean, just beaming. <laughs> and then he had to meet coach. <laughs> yeah. The New Living Translation says the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Now, we don't have to preach a lot of scripture. We don't have to go very far. We don't have to know a lot. There's just a few things that if you know that, everything else will fall into line. The contemporary says God's spirit in you is in you and is more powerful than the one that's in the world. More powerful. More powerful. The new century, God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world. That's, that's good to know. Greater than the devil. Because the devil sometimes pulls some sneakies. He surprises us or something. The message says the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. Far stronger. The passion, we like that. The one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. I feel victory coming on. I feel triumph all over us. 
I feel like we got this, that we're breaking away from the pack and pulling out. The weast, you have gained a complete victory over them. A complete victory. What Jesus did in the bowels of the earth made a show of them triumphing over them in it was our decisive victory. He legally won it at the cross, but he physically or experientially won it in the bowels of the earth, defeating the devil. And that's who we are. He defeated him for us. So if you go to your little sticker in the front of your Bible or wherever you put it that we've been talking about, the single most, we're going to read that together. I, not because you don't know it or certainly because you don't believe it, but uh, let's read it together. Ready, read. The single and most important goal in my life is to become and be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. So you don't have to say a lot after you've said that. You don't have to commit a lot once you've committed that. You don't have to promise I'll do better and I won't do that and I won't say that and I will, I'll, I'll do better, Lord. Once you've said that, everything has to line up behind it and you become powerful. The truth is, and let's just get a perspective here before we go on. When you get born again, Actually, going to heaven is the small end of saying yes to Jesus. If you say yes to Jesus because he promises you a carrot on a stick or cause, promises you to miss a, a devil's hell, you've done well, kind of like Thomas that says, Lord, I, 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 he thrust his fingers into the side of the Lord Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe. And the Lord Jesus said, well, that's good, Thomas, that you believe. But more blessed is it who has not seen and believed. And so heaven becomes a smaller and smaller part of what the reward is of being in him because it's so natural, it's so automatic, it's so in the equation, of course. Um, I have a, let's see, John 14 says this. Listen to this. This is, this is how the Lord thinks. He's not thinking rescue us from a devil's hell. We're his. He paid for the price. But here's how he's thinking. You know, we need to know how the Lord thinks. Okay. We really need to know how the Lord's thinking so we can get in agreement with him. But in John 14, 2, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. Oh, that's good, Lord. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Well, there, there it is, the second coming. And then he said, and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be with me also. He wants to be with us. So the heaven and hell thing is not really an issue we're not vying for God's attention. Pick me, pick me. Oh, Lord, I want to go. I don't want to go to hell. Did I do good? Can I do better? Tell me, Lord, I want to go. He's like, he's all up in it. Y'all, the Lord is all up in us being with him in heaven. Well, that where he is, that we may be also. That's another perspective. It's a calming and a satisfying and a convincing argument that the Lord is working every angle from his side 
to assure that we get everything that he's bought on his side. It's not like I've, he's throwing out a challenge and say, OK, if you win this race, I'll give you a better race, a different race. And we'll see if you can win at that. And at the end of winning all the races, I'll I'll I'll, I'll see if I want you in. Oh, he's he's rigging every race. <laughs> Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He said, I'm going to put you in this, but it'll be no problem for you. Hallelujah. So conversion. We're going over some basics here. You don't mind, do you? Just hearing the truth. It's truth. Conversion is not voting on whether Jesus is God or not. A lot of people think or act like that, yeah, I choose Jesus. I believe that he is the son of God. But I think it's Ephesians or James that says even the demons believe that. Even the demons believe that. They know who he is. And it says they tremble. Conversion is the ripping out of the old man. The ripping out. Eviscerating the old man that was in us. Completely going in and evacuating everything of the old man and taking it out. And putting him in us. I'm sure that we don't all know the complexities and the intricacies of what happened at the new birth. He just did it. And all we need to know is he did it. He did it. But many times because things become common, they become normal or routine or regular, we tend to not attach high value to those things because we see them and experience them every day. But the new birth is the key to everything in our life. Everything that has ever been from heaven came at the new birth. There's no add-ons. You know, I get a, a thing in my computer like you do. Updates. Yes or no? No. I resist until Barry says, you ought to get Windows 11. When, when Barry says it's okay, then I'm okay. But until then, I'm not touching it. But we don't get updates in the new birth. We only discover what's already been done. And that's what the preaching of the gospel should be to believers, is that we're discovering what he's already done. That we don't have to sign up. Okay, it's a 5K hike with 80 pounds on your back. We, everybody, anybody wants the better stuff of Jesus, you sign up. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hell. It's going to be devilish. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. But, but if you want it, you got to do it. Nope, it's already in. It's already been downloaded, integrated, and we're just flipping switches. Turn this on. Turn on health. Turn on supply and funding. Turning on peace turning on relationship. We're just turning it on as we get revelation of what's in there. Now, if you were certain people, you wouldn't know anything was in there. You would only think, and then even in then, as I've talked to them, you'd be hoping that you did get to go to heaven, that what you did that didn't have much flair and fireworks and extravaganza, 
that what you did years ago really was going to be the pass and the ticket to go to heaven. And that's all you're hoping for. I just hope I've done enough. I just hope I passed the mark. When the truth is, it's so much more than that. Y'all, our job here is to get people born again. And if they want more, if they want more, if they don't want more, move on. I want to tell y'all something. You got to move on from people that just don't want more. They're just like, I'm satisfied. Am I going to heaven? You sure are, darling. You're going. You're going to bust it wide open. You're the, you're, you're the prize. Well, that's good enough. I'll just live my life. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read my Bible. I, I just want to be left alone. I used to chase those people and just dog them and get in their tracks. Now I just tell them, Jesus has more for you. He wants you to have it. He wants you to be a dynamic and a powerful Christian. He wants you to have this great life that he purchased. And if you ever change your mind, you know where I am. And then I move on. Because we could lose a lot of ground trying to chase people that are just stiff-necked. But when they get ready, they'll be just like you and me when we got ready. You know, you weren't always as ready as the Lord was to receive the fullness the baptism in the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit and all that stuff. We were not always wide open. While you may have been a denominational person for a long time and heard about it and even heard about it negatively. And you weren't ready. But one day, one day, all the switches came up and it's like, I want I want him and I want all of him. And I'm not going to stop until I get all of him. Isn't that a great day? So it's a ripping out of the old man. The new birth is a ripping out. People say, well, the old man. The old man is in our flesh. He's in our flesh. That's the one thing that's so great about the rapture is that the old, the old man is going to be completely, we won't have that flesh. It'll be left on the ground at the, at the bottom of the hill or whatever. We won't have that. We'll have new bodies and therefore we'll be completely free of the torment of sin. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says this. The person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Let's say the last part together. One spirit with him. Now, just think we're 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 having to we're having to get out of our minds, get out of our intellect, get out of understanding like, well, I need to be able to understand it. Well, these things are not understood. They're just accepted. You don't have any benchmark to say, well, it's like that, or it's like this over here, or yeah, I, one time I did this and it's like that. You don't have, you never had a benchmark to say the Spirit of God came in and became one spirit with you. The closest thing that we have would be in our flesh where it says the man and the woman, the husband and the wife become one flesh. And we, we sort of get our head around that a little bit that we start talking the same and, and uh, liking the same and, or not. <laughs> Those people don't last long, do they? Hallelujah. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, would you please? You may be asking, I don't mind, you thinking it, that when is he going to get off of this basic stuff and get us back into the deep waters? 
And I would say, honey, we're in the deep waters. This is it. When you understand, when you receive, when you accept the what happened at you at the new birth, when you when you open your heart to be who he says you are, to have what he says you have, and do what he says you can do, you are changed. All that other stuff, like being funded and being healthy and other things, peace, they're all attributes that we all self-disqualify. We all have said at some time, the reason it didn't come fast or if it didn't come at all is because and then we put some statement about our past, our thinking, always rooted in condemnation and guilt. And we we say, well, that's the reason we'd never admit it. We'd never say, let me call pastor up and see if this flies. But that's what happens. So we're going through and we're dusting the house. We're doing a deep clean. And taking out the liars and the procrastinators that always seem to hamstring us, hamstring us when we go to launch our lives for the Lord. It says in Colossians 2, verse 9. Uh, let's read it together. Verse 9 and 10. Ready, read. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, how much more do you have to know about the Bible if you can receive, accept, and walk in that? How much more do you have to know? Well, what about this and what about that? This, this answers all of it. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, so there's, he's not one third of the Godhead. He is the Godhead. He's just a different form, just like you would go home, men, and you might be a father at home. You might be a grandfather at home. You might be a husband at home. You might be the breadwinner at home or whatever you might be, but it's still just you. And that's the Lord Jesus. It's still just him. He's just a different facet. But then he said... And ye are complete in him. Well, we got we to gotta deal with that. We got to either believe it or, or, or negotiate it. Religion would negotiate it. Religion negotiates this. Negoti religion disqualifies this. Says it's a misprint or it's a translation issue or it's a, well, you can't trust the King James and these words back then and whatever and any way they can disqualify it. But if you have an open heart to say, I want to know who I am so I'll know what I have. So I know what I can do. I want to live a full life. Can't come back. I mean, we're coming back in the millennium, but that's this course here is moving. The clock turns. It, it is the 19th of November. It'll never be the 18th of November again. In this year, it's over. It's done. If you didn't do it yesterday for yesterday, you're going to be undone or you're going to have to do it another day. We have to negotiate our life. So I am. You are. But I am, too. I'm wanting to live. I want to max it out. Because to tell you the truth, I've seen what the world has. I'm I'm 70 and but it doesn't take that long to figure out what the world has. 
and what the pleasures of the world are and what the limits of accumulation of wealth are. I mean, you, you know, you can drive in it and ride in it and and uh, be seen in it. But it's still when the day is over, you just put it in your garage and you're just you're going in and you're hungry and you're eating some cocoa puffs. <laughs> I mean, it's just like this. This it didn't do anything. I got ten gazillion dollars and I can do anything. But at the end of the day. If your zipper's stuck on your, on your shirt or something, you're, you're as stuck as the guy that didn't have anything. And then the pleasures of life, what you can eat, well, everybody's got to lose weight. I, nobody can say, I'm rich, I can, I can eat this without penalty. Well, it doesn't happen that way, we found out. All these things are so temporal. So at one point in your life, you should get to the place you say, I'm through chasing that. I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. It's okay to have these things and do these things. No condemnation, no shame for being well healed and believe in God. But the truth is, the truth in my life and probably in your life is, I want to exhibit and demonstrate him. I want to be what the word says I am and do what the word says he empowered me to do and have exactly no more and no less of what he said he's apportioned me to. That's my thing. If y'all wonder, what's he always talking about? That's where it's coming from. I want to do more. And, you know, we get up on Sunday and we go to church. We come back on Wednesday and we go to Valor. We go to Virtue. We go to River Teams. And we keep painting the same thing. And we get inspired more and more. We put in a gallon of stuff and, and only about a pint of it lasts. It gets dissipated over the week. I knew you wouldn't say amen there. Hallelujah. But we never go out and stay as fired up as we might have been in that moment of the message or that moment of the, of the agreement of the church. But the truth is, we're still gaining ground. We may go up three and come back two, but we still netted one. Is that right? You know, so because we're processing stuff out, unbelief and failure and and little and and uh, and uh, unbelief, we're pro we're taking that out. It's moving out. It's being filtered out. It's an osmosis, though. Osmosis is a very slow process of filtering. But we're we're putting in we're coming. We're going to church We're we're in the word. We're listening. I just listened to a tape. I just listened. I just read a book and we're we're putting in things. And so there's a transformation. There's a different level of dilution in there where we used to be at one point, 100 percent unbelief. Now we're we're down to a small measure and we're working on that like it's the devil. So we're, we're doing good. Doesn't mean we shouldn't and couldn't do better, but we're doing well. But the goal has to be always insatiable, that you don't say good enough is good enough. I'm further than I've ever been. This is better than it's ever been. But it's not him. It's not complete in him. It says, and ye are complete in him. Complete in him. What, what does that mean? Well, just, just read it in English. It's exactly what it says it is. We are complete in him. We don't need anything else to be complete in him. He did it all. And when we got born again, we got it all. Amen. I said we got it all. 
Well, where is it? Bless the Lord. My body hurts and my money's this and, and, and job is that. We're, we're, we're flipping switches as the light, as we, as we go through life and we say, revelation. So we spark. Suddenly we see something that's been said and heard all for years. But suddenly, revelation. Revelation is that barrier. It's that wall. Knowledge and assent knows. Oh, yeah, I know. By his stripes I'm healed. Yes, I know. Uh, he became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. Oh, yeah, I got that. I got that. No, you don't. No, we don't. Until it's revelation, until it lands in here and starts smoking everything else out, you hadn't got it. It's, it's up here, but there's a lot of stuff up here. And a lot of it or some of it or some part of it might be junk mess. Y'all know about junk mess. That's the part we're shoveling out the door. Fast as we can. But the truth is, we could go faster. So maybe we're still encumbered by what Hebrews calls the weights and sins of this life. We're still, we're still having an, what do you call that, uh, overhead. There's an overhead in our life. That it takes a lot of our life just to push our life forward to the next day. Would y'all know what overhead is? It's just what it takes to keep the doors open if you don't sell anything. It's overhead. So maybe there's a lot of overhead. Uh, I personally, and I'm just, just sharing with you because they let me stand up here for a few minutes. I'm trying to get rid of overhead. I'm trying to pare my life down. I'm, I'm trying to make everything count. I'm trying to make all my seed go into good, good ground and be deliberate in my sowing. I'm endeavoring to enlarge my harvesting equipment that I can speak and agree with heaven about what's coming back into my life. I'm honing. I'm sharpening. I'm, 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 I'm getting things better. But that's what y'all are doing. All of y'all are in here are doing that. You, we can't come under this, this common canopy of belief and not, be, and not succumb to it and not be yielded to it. Everybody that doesn't like this is not here. <laughs> There's more coming, but, uh, and I will tell you, they're coming. I can tell you they're coming. Things are changing. Ah. Uh, the Amplified says, and you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. What, 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 what is that? What, 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 is the, what is the Bible trying to say? In Christ, you too, you also are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. We're earthy. We're, we're, we're beings on the earth. This, this does not, this is a technology. This is a realm that we are not used to in any way. 
And so when we come upon it like this, you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life. That's not my experience. Would y'all say amen? amen? But if I look back any time at all, I see it's better now than it was. Yes. It's fuller than it was. It's easier than it was. I'm happier than I was. This stuff's working. I may not be tapped out, but I'm filling it up. The 20th century says, for in Christ, the Godhead in all his fullness dwells incarnate. For in Christ, the Godhead in all its fullness. We're talking about the one that just said light be and light still going to the end of the universe. And by your union with him, you are also filled with him. What happened at the new birth? We got filled with him. Well, I wish there was a gauge on the side of the tank that we could tell how how this stuff works. This is the gauge. You, you just you just got to believe the gauge is in here. It says you are filled with him and you go, oh, we're full. I need to turn on some switches. I need to open some hatches. I need to I need to let this thing open. I need to flush out some sludge from religion from wrong thinking, from little, from failure, from shame and guilt of my past, what I did and what I didn't do and should have done and could have done, and all the, the drudge, all the sludge that, that is piled in, we need to shovel that mess out. And the way to do that is to read the Word and believe the Word and go into the Word. And I'm asking you this morning to believe the Word. Don't believe me, just I'm quoting the Word. Believe Him. He's good for it. Uh, the living says, so you have everything when you have Christ and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. Good enough. I'm going to act like it. I said, we're going to act like it. What does that mean? I don't even really know. But it sounds like all the thrusters are on. In other words, they put the, the Lord put the pedal to the metal, threw the brake pedal out, just whacked that thing off and threw it out. It's on the track behind us. And we got turbo thrusters. We got, we got, we're, there's more than what we've seen and had. There's more. And you go, well, it's pretty good. When I was a, when I was a denominational person, you might say, yeah, this is so much better than that. But you're not there until you're there. Okay, okay. If you just parked it and just said, I don't want any of that. I don't care to know any of it. I don't, don't be preaching on that. I'm not going to read those scriptures. They confuse me and I'm just not into that. You will go straight to heaven. Bless the Lord, you'll be the golden child when you bust through on that day. Nobody will say, there's the dirty one. There's the, the cantankerous one. There's the insolent one. Nope, nope, we're, whoo. But we're going to hold him high, the Lord Jesus. And that's why. We talked about yesterday, last Sunday, 
about romancing the Lord, that when you're in relationship like this, where you're you're in union with him, he is who he who is one with the Lord is in union with him, is one spirit with him. Something about that one spirit is is hard to it's hard for me to to, to get how how he and me could be one. Because he is so vast. We talked about Wednesday, how the seraphim and their six wings that are around the throne have to be shielded from his glory, even angels, because of his glory being so powerful. And then you understand that we are getting new bodies just like the Lord Jesus got a new body and that we will be able to be in the presence of the Lord with this very glory that the angels have to be shielded from. Everything you read about in the word with an open heart notches you up. The Lord never says, well, read the back for the exceptions and the addendums and the, and the footnotes. He never says that. He never says, I've got another book. I'm going to call it uh, Hezekiah and I'm going to disclaim all this. It's never in there. It's just like over and over consistently telling us that we are somebody special in heaven's realm and that we don't have to wait there till we get there to be esteemed and valued. So there's this partnership. If you're one spirit with the Lord, you're in partnership. And certainly we would be in fellowship, wouldn't we? Certainly we would be together if we're one spirit with him. So there would certainly be a romance. Not, not necessarily a romance like a, a man and a woman would have, although we would have those elements in it. But there'd be a romance. And, uh, but there's no romance when there's just one person in the romance that's romancing. I think the Lord's on. I think he's romancing us. I think he's, he says, where I am, you'll be there also. That's romancing. That's, that's love talk. I've made a way. Come on up. Come on in. I, it'll be good till then, but you can hardly imagine how good it is when you get there with me. I, I'm preparing this, this mansion. I'm, I'm going to prepare. I, the Lord says, I'm going to prepare. Oh, my word. All he has to do is just speak and it's and he's going to go prepare. That's a lot of speaking. Like I said, he got the whole earth created in a few words. What's he going to do preparing for you and me? OK, you go. That's crazy. That's that's not how it works. Well, I don't know how it works. But I do know he said he goes to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also. It's a romance. So. A romance has got to have two interested parties to be sweet. We all know of romances where one is sweet and the other one is a, is a, a what? Easy, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Now, let's, let's just establish it right now. Let's just make sure that this is said, that Jesus the Lord Jesus stands alone as the only one that could redeem us out of our sin. Let's make sure we don't get haughty and, and we're special. We are special, but we're special because he made us special. And he is the only one that could uh, redeem us from, from our life. And the Lord God made a new creation 
He made a new creation nation. He, he made himself a family, just like a couple that gets together and makes a family. He made a family. He wanted a family. The reason we like family is because we got it from him. We have no, we have no inspiration. We have no pattern. We have no foundation that we say, yeah, yeah, we started the family idea. Everything that's good came from God. So we were, we were cut out. Uh, Pastor Busty used to say we, we, we were cut out by the cookie cutter of the Lord Jesus. That the father took Jesus, the cookie cutter, and just and just went by down there and stamped us out. And we all look just like him, made out of the same stuff and doing the same thing. And then he put him in us. He said, I know you got this body and it looks a little rough from here, but I'm going to put him inside. And what's on the inside is going to change and transform the outside. And that's what's happening. Has your outside been changed since you got Jesus inside? Ooh, yeah. John 1. Are you in John? Okay, you can go to John. We're going to be in John for a minute. Y'all just let me visit with you this morning about how good God is to us. Don't ever get tired of hearing about how marvelous he is in your life. That we, we never get caught saying, well, what do you got to do to get prosperous? And what do you got to do to get healed? Well, none of it is very far from falling in love with him that created us. Verse four says, in him was life. The word life there is the word zoe. It means life as God has it. It means essence. It's the thing that makes God, God. There's angels, there's devils, which... Demons, I guess, I don't know if they're fallen angels or, or what, whatever they are, they're, they're disembodied spirits. But whatever they are, they're different than God because God has this essence in him, this, this life that's in him that makes him who he is. And it says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And then uh, in chapter 5, you're right there, so we'll go together. Chapter 5, verse 26. He, he makes another statement, the Lord Jesus. This is truth. It says, for as the Father hath life, has Zoe in himself. Well, we know that's true because we just read in chapter 1, didn't we? We just read that the, that the life that was in the Father is the Zoe life. And then he says the same word, as the Father hath Zoe in himself... So hath he given to the son to have Zoe in himself. Oh, so Jesus has everything the father has. We've already read that, that in him dwelt Godhead bodily. But here he's specific. He said, we're the same. What's in him is in me. So the Lord Jesus said, if you've seen the father, you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Wow. Are y'all twins? The same way we're twins with the Lord Jesus. If you can say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, then in the spirit realm, if you've seen us, if you've seen Susan or Melissa or Joey, you've seen the Lord Jesus. He is different. 
in that he's first. He's the first among equals. He's different in that he had a mission that we do not have. And he carried it out. But he carried it out with the same exact equipment and, and impartations that we do. He, he, was not, he was not God on the cross. He was, not, he was not God at the temptation. He was a man. He was a man. If he wasn't, then we could not take him as a pattern. But he was. He said, I'm doing this as a man. So you know you can do it as a man. Uh, so Jesus took no credit for the miraculous things he did. Let's see if I've got a scripture for that. Uh, yeah, John 14, 10. Oh, yeah. 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Say it with me. He doeth the works. Okay, so it's the Father that's doing the works. Jesus did not take any credit for the works. And we don't take any credit for the works. I'm setting you up here. I'm setting you up that as we go out of this place in the days or weeks or months that we have before the Lord comes back for us, He's doing the works. The Father's doing the works. And he gets all the glory, all the credit. And we are sure we are mindful to give him all the glory. Yes. There's no look. Look at that, what I did. There's none of that. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I tell you, we could just sit here and just talk about how glorious he is all day long. I'm going to wind this up because just repeating it over and over is not going to change anything. It has to be said. It has to be said once and then it has to be believed. So I want to say it once. In 1 John chapter 3, I want to say it once. 1 John, way over there on the east coast of your Bible. In John 3.3, 3, the Lord said, you must be born again. Y'all remember that. Being born again is changing fathers. The Lord one time had a discourse. We looked at it recently about him telling the Pharisees, the religious folks, who, who puffed themselves up and said, we're the ones that God's looking to. He said, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye do, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So getting born again is getting refathered. We were of our father, the devil. By default, we didn't sign up for it, but sin, Adam's sin in us at the age of accountability caused us to not be able to survive the sin nature that Adam passed down to all of us. We couldn't survive it. We could not beat it back. We, we, it, it engulfed us at the, age of, at, the, at the end of the age of our innocence. All children, are born, all children are born alive unto God. Don't ever wonder, you know, about 
the Israeli children that were massacred or anybody, all children before the age of innocence, innocence is reached are born alive unto God. And they are, they are in the presence of the Lord. Amen? But the age of accountability seems to be happening sooner and sooner. Maybe not. Maybe it's always been the same, but it seems that way. So it's good for us to pull our grandchildren up in the bed with us. Read a, read a verse that they can understand and then talk to them about Jesus and how much he loves them. It's not going around their parents, but it's certainly making a place because grandparents don't seem to be as busy or as engrossed in the world as parents seem to be, as we all were. And we should make sure, we should affirm that our children are born again. You should, you should get an opportunity. We pulled our boys up in the bed with us and just started reading and asking questions. And I asked Colin, said, uh, uh, Colin, do you, is Jesus in your heart? He said, oh, yeah, Mama. Not only that, listen to this. <laughs> the little twerp, he was four years old. He's a big twerp now. <laughs> First John 3. Verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. He is born of God. Now, those verses in front of that, we'll talk about them another time. But what I'm looking for is because he is born of God. Whosoever is born of God. In chapter 4, verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know, know we the spirit of truth and the... Let's see if that's where I'm supposed to be. 4, 6, yes. We are of God. That's where I'm going. We are of God. I am of God. I am of God. Together. I am of God. Are you of God? Yes. We are of God. Uh, 4.9, slip over to verse 9. It says, in, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. How does he want us to live? Through him. He said you can and you should. Uh, the Phillips version says, to us, the greatest demonstration of God's love for us has been his sending of his only son into the world to give us life through him. It's the big event because of what happened at the new birth, what happened at that moment, that blink, that blink of time. It's just a blink. It, it wasn't like oh, I was three days getting born again. It was tough. I, I missed school and work and I didn't eat. And, no, it, it happened in a blink. It was so innocuous that we would even defy that it happened because of the simplicity of it, because of the, the, the quickness of it. We would say, nothing happened. That's a process. And all other religions want you to go through a process, a process of being good. They're trained to be good. And if you're good enough, you're accepted by their demon God. You go, you, you're talking about 
people that are in the Southeast Asia are talking about the 1040 window. I'm talking about U.S. denominations. Worshipping demon gods. Oh, not in our holy church. We've got chandeliers and, and stained glass. It doesn't matter. You can cover it up, but you can't get rid of it if it's not, if it's still true. Uh, the Wade says, God's love manifested itself among us in this way. How? He sent his only son on a mission into the world that we might have life through him. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. Hallelujah. I'm going to send you back to John and I will finish with this. John 14. I, th I just think we ought to look at this in the context of what we've been studying and say in verse 12, verily, verily, John 14, 12, verily, verily, truly, truly, emphatically, I am telling you is what it means. Em pay attention to this. This isn't just like na, 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 na. We're going to Jerusalem or we're going to Bethsaida. He said, I say unto you that he that believeth on me, the qualifier, the works that I do shall he do also. It's hard to get around that. And greater works than these. Oh, tough, just got tougher. Then these shall he do because I go into my father. Let's go on. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I mean, Lord, have a little dignity. Keep something back from us. Don't make us exactly like Jesus. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of, the, of truth. Case closed. We don't have any troubles. We just need faith in God, R.W. Schombach said. We don't have any troubles. We don't have any troubles. I said, I don't have any troubles. We don't have any troubles. You don't have to have a doctor or a banker or anybody on speed tile. This is it. This is it. If you want another way, there's a lot of other ways, a lot of other ways. But if you want the way, this is the way. So we're going to open our hearts. We're going to start talking about what we, who we are through the Bible. Who we are. We're going to, we're going to qualify each one of us to receive healing on our own. That's what I want. That's what I think the Lord wants us to do is to qualify ourselves before we go out or as we go out to lay hands on others because we qualify them. We get somebody in Walmart and say, and they go, oh, you just don't know my life. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. And we qualify them. It doesn't matter. I'm here. The Lord Jesus is here. And he, he wants to do this. We qualify them. But when it comes to ourselves, we're easily condemned. And somebody else will say, come on, let's do it. Well, we won't tell them. 
but we're condemned because we've never let the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive it and to cleanse us. The cleansing there from unrighteousness is not down here. We, we are never unrighteous down here. We are never less down here. So the unrighteousness is here. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Clean it out as if it never happened. Ah, ah, hallelujah. Well, yay. Don't you know that the cat that jumped on the hot stove will never jump on a stove again, Mark Twain said. And the quarterback that dropped the ball before the goal line will never drop the ball again. He will carry it home. <laughs> he's, he's taking it to the bench. Coach, I've got the ball. <laughs> well, get the ball out and give it to the referee. I've got the ball, Lord. I'm not letting it go. What's wrong with you? I messed up. Well, we're going we're gonna to throw all our mess-ups out. Amen. We're going to qualify. So, Lord, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that qualifies us for everything that's ever transacted in our behalf. And we are so grateful. I am so grateful, Lord. There is no mountain to climb, no glass to walk across, no hot coals to swim over. Lord, everything is already done. And, oh, Lord, help us in our unbelief. We ask you, Lord, to... To, to give us revelation. We ask you to show us how to go down this path, each one of us, how to work this out in our lives, that we are who you say we are in every degree. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Woo-hoo, what we're going to say.